most commonly associated with a state of disorder, randomness or uncertainty. Mm. Mm. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Lack of order or predictability, gradual decline into disorder. Have you noticed it? Um, look at a teenager's bedroom and you'll see the forces of entropy. <laughs> at work. My mother was a, a strong campaigner against entropy, especially in the bedroom. <laughs> but it must be a property, it's a property that ultimately comes from Krishna and I guess it's the it's the property that Lord Shiva oversees, right? The dismantling of everything. Jayaradha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Jayaradha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Jaya Gopi Janavalabha Kerevaradhari Jaya Gopi Janavalabha Kerevaradhari Jaya Gopi Janabalapha Giri Bhadatari Giri Bhadatari Yasodhanandana Brajajanarandana Yasodhanandana Brajajanarandana Jamuna Tirabana Chari Jamuna Tirabana Chari Jayadadha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Kunjabi Hari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Jaya Gopi Janavalapha Giri Bharadhari Gopi Janavalapha 
Aha. Now I found out why they tie it up, because it's very loose. Jayam Vishnupad Paramahamsa Parivaja Kacharya Ashtod Tarasada Shishi Madhis Divine Grace Ashi Vidanta Swami Maharaj Shila Prabhupada Ki Jayam Vishnupad Paramahamsa Parivaja Kacharya Ashtod Tarasada Shishi Mad Shila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada Ki Ananta Koti Vaishnava Vrindaki Namacharya Shila Haridas Thakur Ki Premse Goho Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Dityananda Sirveta Gadadhara Siva Sarigora Bhakta Pindiki Jai Shishi Radha Krishna Gopinath Shamakunda Radha Kundigiri Govadana Ki Sri Vrindavan Dham Ki Sri Maipur Nabadwait Dham Ki Sri Purushutam Chetra Ki Sri Ganga Maika Jai Sri Jamuna Maika Jai Bhakti Devi Ki Jai Tosi Devi Maharani Ki Jai Harinam Sankitana Ki Jai Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Nitai Gora Premanandi. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Sri Sri Guru and Guranga. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Namaste, Sadhguru Devi, Gaurani Pacharani, Nivasesha Sunyavadi Paschachati Santarani. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya We're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, 
the science of God. Chapter 2. Hiranyakashipu, king of the demons. Mm. 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 Okay. The encaged living entity is separate from the body. That's the heading of this particular section. <clears throat> Text number 45. Is that right? 46. 46? Okay. Putendriya mano lingan Dehan Ujavachan Vibhu Bhajatyus Utsrijatiyan Yas Tatschapis Putendriyamano lingan Dehan Uchavachan Vibhu Pajati Utsrijati Ianyas Touch Chapis Fainatejasa Putendriyamano lingan Dehan Uchavachan Vibhu Pajatyut Srijati Yanyas Touch Chapis Fainatejasa Putendriyamano Lingan Dehan Uchavachan Vibhu Bhajati utsrijati hiyanyas Tatschapi svenate jasa Putendriyamano lingan Dehan utschavachan vibhu Pajatyut srijati hiyanyas Tatschapi svenatejasa Putendriyamano lingan Dehanutschavachan vibhu Pajatyut srijati hiyanyas Tatschapi Svenatejasa Putendriyamano Lingan Dehan Vitpuchavachan Vibhu Pajati Utrichiti Hyanyas 
by the five material elements, Indriya, the ten senses, Manaha, and the mind, Lingan, characterized, Dehan, gross material bodies, Ucha Avachan, high class and low class, Vibhu, the individual soul, which is the Lord of the body, and senses, Bhajati, achieves, Utsrijati, gives up, he, indeed, Anyaha, being different, Tat, that, Cha, also, Api, indeed, Svina, by his own, Tejasa, power of advanced knowledge, the five material elements, the ten senses, and the mind, all combine to form the various parts of the gross and subtle bodies. The living entity comes in contact with his material bodies, whether high or low, and later gives them up by his personal prowess. Hmm. Svina Tejasar. Svina Tejasar, by his personal prowess. This strength, this strength can be perceived in a living entity's personal power to possess different types of bodies. This strength, Tejasar. Hmm. Svina Tejasar. His own power of advanced knowledge. Right. Purport, the conditioned soul has knowledge. And if he wants to fully utilise the gross and subtle bodies for his real advancement in life, he can do so. It is therefore said here that by his high intelligence, Svena Tejasar. Okay, so that's interesting, isn't it? Uh, Svena Tejasar is translated in the word for word as by his own power of advanced knowledge. Right? Um, and then it's, it's described again, personal prowess in the translation. And uh, again, perceived in a living entity's personal power to possess different types of bodies. 
And then again here, high intelligence, more than one um, meaning to Svena Tejasar. Got that? And here more. By the superior power of superior knowledge achieved from the right source, the spiritual master or acharya, ooh, he can give up his conditional life in a material body and return home back to Godhead. Mm. However, if he wants to keep himself in the darkness of this material world, he can do so. The Lord confirms this as follows in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 9, text 25. Yanti deva prata devam. Pitrin yanti pitri brataha. Bhutani yanti bhutejya. Yanti madhyajinopimam. Those who worship the demigods will take birth among the demigods. Those who worship ghosts and spirits will take birth among such beings. Those who worship ancestors go to the ancestors, and those who worship me will live with me. The human form of body is valuable. One can use this body to go to the higher planetary systems, to Pitriloka, he can re or he can remain in this lower planetary system. But if one tries, he can also return home back to Godhead. This prowess, this prowess, what's that referring to? This prowess. Yeah, it's all coming back to this prow this power, right? Prowess, teja. Tejas means power, potency. Right? So uh, the human form of body is valuable. One can use this body to go to the higher planetary systems, to Pitriloka, or it can remain in this lower planetary system. But if one tries, he can also return home back to Godhead. This prowess is given by the Supreme Personality of Godhead as the super soul. Therefore the Lord says, From me come remembrance, knowledge and forgetfulness. If one wants to receive real knowledge from the Supreme Personality of Godhead, one can become free from bondage to repeated acceptance of material bodies. If one takes to the devotional service of the Lord and surrenders unto him, the Lord is prepared to give one directions by which to return home back to Godhead. But if one foolishly wants to keep himself in darkness, he can continue in a life of material existence. Okay. Omagana Timirandasya Gananjana Salakaya Chakshu Unmilitam Jena Tasmae Sri Guruve Namaha
Sri Chaitanya Mano Bishtam Stapitam Dina Bhutale Svayam Rupakada Mahiyam Tatisva Padantikam Mukam Karote Vachalam Pangum Langhayate Garim Yat Kripa Tamaham Bande Sri Gurum Dinatarinam Okay, so firstly, what is the body made of? What is the body made of? Hang on, let me put my glasses on. Okay, over here, what was, what is the material body made of? Five elements, Buddha. Yes, Buddha. What are the five elements? Thank you. Air, water, fire. Air, what is it? Earth, water, fire, air, and ether. Going from gross down to subtle. Yes. Okay. And then what's next? Indriya. Okay, how many? Ten. It's mentioned here ten. Right? Ten. There's the karmendriya, karma indriya, and the jnana indriya, right? The acting senses and the knowledge acquiring senses. What are the knowledge acquiring senses? Yep, yep, ears, yep, eyes, yep. Tongue, yep. And what else? What's the other one? Touch, yeah. When the touch interacts with air, you can, you can feel it, right? And what about the Krishna? What about the the uh, the working senses? What are the working senses? No, no working senses. Hands feet or legs, tongue, isn't it? No, that's the, they're the knowledge acquiring senses. The working senses, the genital, the anus, isn't it? Yeah. So the body is made up of these material elements. These are fairly gross. They're gross. They're all measurable by sense perception. But then there's the subtle elements, right? Uh, mind, intelligence, false ego. Uh, very interesting. The Vedic conception of existence is that 
we are a spirit being encaged in a material body, right? Interesting. If you want some hints, if you're giving class, right, and you want to know what to talk about, there's a hint. And I just, I mean, I'm, it's not unusual, but um, in the table of contents in each chapter of the Bhagavatam, there are headings, right? So chapter 2 at page 109, which is where we're up to, right? The, the heading in the table of contents says, the encaged living entity is separate from the body, right? So if you're ever wondering what the topic is <laughs> in the Bhagavatam, it doesn't hurt to go and have a look in the table of contents because it'll tell you, right? So, uh, the material body is predicated or is, is established on, based on one essential principle. What is it? What do you think it is? Hands up. Hands up if you think you know what the one basic principle is upon which the body rests. This is not a very hard question. Mm. Ooh, two people. No, that's not true, but not what the answer we're looking for. Huh? No. What makes the body go? And without it, you have nothing. That's all. Yeah, that's what I said. It's not very, this is easy. <laughs> Basic. Basic. Right? And in, in, in caged in a body made up of these elements, Buddha, Indriya, and then, then the subtle elements, right? But the very interesting point that's brought out in this, so, so that's a, this is the translation, the five material elements, the ten senses and the mind all combine to form the various parts of the gross and subtle bodies. We have a gross body, right, that you can feel, right? And we also have a subtle body, which we also feel, right? We also experience our subtle body. One morning you wake up and you feel very enthusiastic and happy, and then the next day you wake up and you feel depressed and unhappy. You experience that? Yep. No? Always happy. Or always miserable. <laughs> Life is never ever always something it's always it's always changing right why krishna recommends you know second basic instruction of the bhagavad gita is the material world is always changing and we have to tolerate it right so um 
Yeah. The living entity, now this is the interesting part, the living entity comes in contact with his material bodies, whether high or low, and later gives them up. Hare Krishna. Right? So we're inhabiting this body, right? But it's always changing, right? Always changing. Imperceptible sometimes, but always changing. And then eventually what happens? We are given a body and then we go through the six stages of existence. Birth, growth, maintenance, production of byproducts, dwindling, then what? Dehantara. At the end we give up the body and go to another body. Right? That's what's explained here. The living entity comes in contact with his material bodies, whether high or low, and later gives them up by his personal prowess. That's this tejasa, Svena tejasa. So a lot hinges on the prowess of, or the energy um, of the living entity to accept and then eventually give up their bodies. Right? We all have to give up this body. Actually, it's happening all the time. The body that we've got today is different to the body that we had yesterday. Right? Things have gone in, right? Maintenance and then the production of byproducts, right? So the body that we have today is different to the body that we had yesterday, although it appears to be the same, right? But we see over a period of time how the body changes, right? See, I remember when he was a baby and when you were a baby. I can even remember when I was a baby. <laughs> Huh? But if we look at the, if we go and look in the mirror, then we see we're completely different to what we were 60 years ago. Well, for me, nearly 70 years ago, right? So we have this potency to accept and to then give up material bodies. It happens even in this lifetime, imperceptibly, but it's happening all of the time to us. Right? We, we accept it as being normal. And, and why in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, you know, at the time of death, it's just a changing of, of another body. Prabhupada describes it like going to sleep at night. Right? When you go to sleep at night, you forget about there's another feature, actually, of giving up the body and accepting other bodies. We go to sleep at night and then we dream. 
We accept a completely ethereal body. I remember when I was five years old, six years old, I used to dream at night that I was flying all over the place. All over. Huh? Completely absorbed in that body. Or, <clears throat> um, yeah, so many dreams. Uh, we forget the gross body and we become completely absorbed in a subtle body and off we go, travelling all over the universe. Uh, and then we wake up and we realise, oh, I'm still in bed. <laughs> I didn't go anywhere. I just stayed in bed. Uh, so, so this, this prowess teaches us of accepting and rejecting or giving up bodies is described here as being a very important characteristic of the living entity. Very important characteristic. Right? Which means, <clears throat> and uh, why this is critical is because we have choice. Right? We have a choice. There's this debate, you know, do we have free will or are we eternally bound by our karma, right? This is hard for people to understand, this concept of karma and free will. Is it that we can just do what we like? Well, yes, but no, right? Yes and no. And is it that we're always bound by our reactions, by our past karma? Well, yes, but no, right? Because while we have <clears throat> a, a certain amount of reaction that, is, that accrues, you know, that's, that we are bound to accept, at the same time we, can, we also have choices. This is the, the free will of the living entity. And Krishna recognises that free will and never interferes with it. Right? But he gives us choices. Right? In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says to Arjuna, I've given you my opinion. And, and in the Bhagavad Gita, I think Krishna, seven at least seven times, Krishna says, this is my opinion, right? This is my opinion. Interestingly, though, Krishna, when he gives his opinion, very often quotes authorities or authority like the Vedanta Sutra or, you know, Krishna refers to authoritative sources on what Arjuna should do. Although sometimes Krishna says to Arjuna, uh, you should fight because if you don't, people will laugh at you, <laughs> right? There's no shastric <laughs> basis for that. That's just, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want a bad name, do you? <laughs> so it's interesting that Krishna gives his opinion. Very often his opinion is substantiated by shastra, like the Vedanta Sutra and the 
Upanishads or whatever, why the Bhagavad Gita is called the Gita Upanishad because it, it's, it's, its basis, its, its primary basis is within the authorised scripture, right? Um, um, but he gives Arjuna the opportunity to choose. I've given you this instruction. And what's the instruction? In the end of the Bhagavad Gita, what's the instruction? Surrender to, or Bhagavad Gita basically is surrender to a spiritual master. If you want to get out of the material world. Now, this is the other Svena Tejasa, the prowess or potency or power of the living entity. Right? We accept and give up material bodies. And we can keep on doing that. But it, it's generally, it's considered faulty, right? Material bodies are considered faulty. Why is the material body considered faulty, Sibya? What do you reckon? Why is the material body considered faulty? Manamanjari? Yes, limited. Temporary, yes. Temporary. What is it? Dukkha, dosha, anudarshanam. It's unhappy, miserable. Dukkha, dosha. It's got faults, right? When we're young, we think everything's great. <laughs> but it's not long before we discover that actually it's very faulty. So, um, staying in the material world is a choice that we can make, take, right? But, um, with the intercession, if you like, with the, with the um, influence of the super soul right, or Krishna um, or his representative, the spiritual master, one can choose not to stay in the material world, give up the material body and accept a spiritual form. Right? Now, spiritual form is considered to be superior because it's sat, jit, ananda, right? Permanent, full of knowledge and blissful. Sat, jit, ananda. That's the kind of body that we want, not the asat, achit, near ananda forms that we experience in the material world. And of course, the feature of the human form of life, why the human form of life is so, such a boon, such an opportunity. What is it? Atato Brahma Jigyasa. This is the, the beginning of the Vedanta Sutra. Asks this question or makes this statement. Now we've come to the human form of life. Inquire as to what its real purpose is. You know, 
Is it to chase material pleasures like the, like the, what does the Bhagavatam describe? Hogs, dogs, camels and asses, right? <laughs> Human beings that just chase eating, sleeping, mating and defending are considered to be like, no better than animals, right? And that we have in common with the animals. But what is given to the human form of life is this opportunity to what? What's, what's the boon or the advantage of the human form of life? Does anybody know? You can raise your hands if you think you know. You can affect your life more Yes, and how do you do that? What's the key feature? Sorry? You get higher intelligence, yes. But what comes with the higher intelligence? What are these things? Ears, yes. We've got ears, really important. What's the beginning of bhakti? Huh? Hearing, yes, hearing. Hearing. Yeah, we get an opportunity to receive knowledge beyond our experience just simply through hearing. Amazing, right? And, you know, I don't know, have any of you ever tried talking to a dog or a cat? Right? How much information do you reckon is getting through? You talk to your dog and it's going, <laughs> right? And then what does it do? It just licks your face. <laughs> Prabhupada says, just tasting you to see what you might be like if it was got an opportunity to eat you. <laughs> huh? <laughs> so, in the animal species, whilst the animals may have the same senses, right? even have intelligence, right? they don't have the developed form of sensual experience and uh, understanding and hearing and as as uh, high griever high griever isn't it yeah uh, mentioned um, discrimination intelligence the ability to gather information and then apply it appropriately right is a real advantage of the human form of life. So, what is it? Svena tejasar, that prowess or that potency invested in us, right, is that ability to accept bodies, right, and especially to get the get to the pinnacle of existence, which in the the Vedic Con construct is the human form of life and then in the human form of life get an opportunity to hear from the spiritual master now ultimately those instructions are coming from the super soul right krishna the spiritual master is, the, is described as the external manifestation of the paramatma, the super soul, right? 
and, ex and, and exists in a variety of forms. It's, it's, it's interesting. We are, you know, we talk of the one God, right? So we are monotheists, which means we believe in one God, right? Is that right? But we're also polymorphic. You know what polymorphic means? What's poly mean? Poly. Many. And morphic? Forms. Yes, so this is very interesting. We believe in one God, but hang on a second. Ram, Krishna, Nishringadev. So many. Right? In fact, it's described in the Bhagavatam that there are as many incarnations of God as there are waves in the ocean. Ugh. No wonder, you know, when, uh, when the Western you know, uh, mindset met the Indian, the culture of India, and then they saw all of these personalities as like, what's going on here? Right? Just mind blown, right? And this is quite amazing. We believe in one God, yet how come he's so many different personalities? You know, on the altar, we say, we worship Krishna, the Supreme Personality God. Okay, here we have Lord Nichananda and Lord Chaitanya, right? Here's Radha and Krishna, and over here's Balaram, Jagannath Balaram and Subhadra, right? And immediately, people who have no exposure to Hindu, Hinduism, we'll call it Hinduism, we, we are Hindus. We're, of course, we're not. We're, we're not the body, basically, but... You've already lost people. <laughs> you know, Lord Chaitanya, Lord Nichananda. Even people from the Hindu traditional background, if you bring them into a Hare Krishna temple, they're lost. They'll ask you, where's Ganesh? <laughs> or do you worship Lord Shiva? <laughs> right. Very bewildering. And yet we say, but we're monotheists. We believe in one God. So, um, just as there are many forms of Krishna, right? So similar, and we also believe in the Guru as being one, yet there are many forms of the Guru. Oh no, more complicated, right? So, and, and so we have the Vatma Pradashika Guru, we have the Siksha Gurus, we have the Diksha Guru, we have the Chaitya Guru, Krishna as the Paramatma within the heart is also instructing us and advising us. If, if, if only we would listen <laughs> to his instructions. And usually there's so much confusion going on in our heads, we can't differentiate between Krishna's instructions and what other noises are going on, right? So, Krishna being polymorphic, he also appears in the form of the spiritual master. Isn't that amazing? Right? He appears in his own transcendental forms, but he also appears in the form of the guru who gives us spiritual guidance and spiritual instructions. And we have the opportunity, 
Again, Svena Tejasa, we have the prowess or the the uh, potency, the power, right, to accept those instructions and shift ourselves from the material world to the spiritual world. Right? Knowledge. Based on knowledge, really important. In 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 the Vedic culture, Knowledge is considered to be the most valuable asset, right? Money, power, influence, all of those things, useless. Oh, well, useful, handy, right? Certainly handy, but temporary. Whereas knowledge, especially spiritual knowledge, is something that can be invested in, in the... In the, um, in the soul, interestingly. You know, sometimes you... The, have you heard of such a thing as a child prodigy? Right? And so from a very young age, a child is able to, you know, play the piano. Or even the mridanga. We see it with some of our kids, you know. The kids, when they... Before they can crawl, practically speaking, they see a mridanga and they want to crawl to the mridanga. And then start, you know... Right, of course, some of it's just noise. <laughs> Wishful thinking, but then some of them pick it up and just start playing. And it's like, what? Where did you get that from? Right? So where's that come from? Past life. Yes, why not? That's what we think anyway, right? We think, oh, what a beautiful little boy or girl. So, um, yes, learning, uh, knowledge, especially knowledge of the soul and its separateness from the body. This is Svena Tejasa. You know, this inclination or this yearning, this longing for spiritual guidance and, and sp spiritual freedom, emancipation, what we call liberation. Freedom from, this, from the entanglement of thinking oneself to be the body and the liberation of understanding that I'm not the body, that I'm spiritual by nature. You know, and, and this is what happens when, when we chant Hare Krishna, right? Have you noticed? When you chant Hare Krishna and you feel, what do you feel? When you chant Hare Krishna, what are you feeling? Huh? He, sometimes he's laughing, sometimes he's crying, right? Sometimes he's shouting. Sometimes he's rolling on the floor. Right? This is described in the Bhagavatam. And he couldn't care what anybody thinks. <laughs> right? Doesn't care. People think, oh, what are these Hare Krishnas up to? These crazy people. My friends used to tell me, oh, these Hare Krishnas, they're crazy. And I would think, hang on a second. They might, it looks crazy, but crazy people don't do th things so deliberately. Right? They gen if you're genuinely crazy, that's something else. This is not crazy. You've got to find out what's going on here first, right? 
But you get in it, you know, when you're chanting Hare Krishna, how do you feel? How do you feel? Huh? Happy. Who said happy? Happy. Good. Anybody else feel happy when you're chanting Hare Krishna? <laughs> yeah. You don't just feel happy, you feel jubilant, right? Isn't it? Jubilant. You see sometimes the devotees are chanting Hare Krishna and then they just walk around. We own the place. <laughs> just showing off. They're so happy. Uh -huh. And Prabhupada mentions that, that you know, devotees so happy, so proud of his spiritual master and the teachings that he's received and that Krishna is the, is the Supreme Personality of Godhead and that he's happy. Huh? Even when life is tough, we can be happy by chanting Hare Krishna because that reveals and uncovers the true quality of the, of the, of the individual, the spiritual characteristic. The, the Satchit Ananda form of the devotee is manifest when he's chanting Hare Krishna. And that's why he's dancing. This is the, you know, the descriptions of the spiritual world is that, what is it? Every step is a dance and every word is a song. Right? That's, that sounds like a place where we want to be. Right? Well, everything we do, we're dancing. And we're singing. It's like a, it's like an eternal nightclub. <laughs> Always singing and dancing. That's the spiritual world. What is it? Govinda Jaya Jaya, Gopala Jaya Jaya, Radha Ramana Hari, Govinda Jaya Jaya. So, the spiritual master speaks this, gives this knowledge. And when, the, when we hear that information and when we put that information into practice by following the process of bhakti, then we uncover our, our true spiritual identity. So this knowledge or this learning is considered to be the most important. The most, the greatest acquisition. And that comes from the various spiritual masters. For us, we have Srila Prabhupada and all of the books that he's written. Very interesting. See how Prabhupada emphasised scholarship and learning. Otherwise, why did he write so many books? Well, well here Prabhupada, in this room, Prabhupada criticised his disciples. He said, you think my books are only for selling? He said, no, but they're meant to be studied, right? They're meant to be read. And then that, inf that knowledge put into practice. So that's the Svena Tejasa, right? That opportunity to hear, to receive knowledge from the super soul through his agent or agents in the form of the guru, right? The reason why the guru is one is because the message is the same, right? But the guru can manifest in many forms. This is just like Krishna. 
He is one, but he can also, he manifests in different forms. The guru is considered sakshat tarit vena samastra shastraya uktastata bhavyata evasad bhi. Right? The spiritual master is considered to be non-different from Krishna. And why is that? Because the message is the same. The message is the same. The message remains the same. When a guru speaks something different from Krishna, then you can understand he's not a guru. Huh? That's the... <clears throat> so, receiving those instructions, hearing those instructions, hearing the Mahamantra, hearing the Bhagavad Gita, hearing the Srimad Bhagavatam, equips us with the knowledge and the understanding of the right choices to make. Of course, sometimes we don't. That's our, stu that's our ignorance, right? our stupidity in one sense. But that's our choice. Krishna won't interfere with that. And that's why it's recommended we associate with the, you know, why sadhu sangha is so important, association with devotees is so important because there's always that reminder of our relationship with Krishna and the responsibilities that we have in the human form of life. The human form of life gives us an opportunity to behave like a human, not like an animal. And for, you know, for so many lifetimes, what have we been? What have we been for so many lifetimes? What do you reckon? Hmm? Humans and animals. What's that? Animals and humans. Animals. Animals. Yes, we've been animals. So, you know, don't be surprised if you, from time to time you want to behave like an animal. <laughs> we've been doing it for a long time. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's not unusual. Right? Tom Jones had a song in the 60s. It's not unusual. <clears throat> right? So it's not unusual. But in the association of the devotees, we're reminded you're not resist the, what is it? Tamasi uh, ma, uh, give up the, the ignorance. Jyotir Gamar, come to the light. Right, this is what we're encouraged to do. Don't stay in darkness, come out of dark. But you know, we're a bit like, sometimes we're a bit like, you know, somebody who's sleeping and you turn the light on. Right? And they go, oh, turn the light off, leave me alone. Right? Give me a break, let me sleep here. Right? You know what used to happen in the old days? If you slept in and you wouldn't get out of your sleeping bag, the devotees would pick you up in your sleeping bag and throw you in the shower and then turn on the shower. <laughs> I don't suggest that's what we do now, by the way. Krishna doesn't interfere with our independence, right? Although the devotees, the devotees may from time to time. 
Uh, but we should be careful, we should be mindful of the need for choice and free will, right? Choice. Krishna gives us that, what is it? Svena Tejasa. So, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? You can choose to be an animal. It's okay, you can choose to be an animal if you want. Right? And Krishna doesn't interfere. That's why we have six, what is it? 8,400,000 species of life because that's what we wanted, right? But knowing the, the discrepancies of material existence and, and aspiring for a higher achievement, we seek out the association of the devotees, Adosrada, in the beginning, we have some faith, and then Sadhu Sangha, we then take the association of the devotees because we appreciate being an animal is not much chop, right? And even just being a human, living like an animal also, not much satisfaction in doing that. But the real satisfaction of, or the perfection of life is to get that opportunity to realise our our spiritual identity. That's the, the, and when we do, then we see it. The devotees just become so happy, right? You become so happy, you wonder if you're not going to explode or not, right? Right? You feel so happy, you think, boy, I'm so lucky, right? Everybody else thinks we're crazy, but we think we're the most lucky people on the planet. And we don't care what they think. Right? This is described in the Bhagavatam. So we need to take advantage of this tejas, this power. And not behave like an animal. Or try to avoid. You know, you can't avoid eating, sleeping, mating and defending effectively. You can't. But we do that in Krishna's service also. And so that's purification as well, so that we can rise, rise up. What do they say? Rise to the occasion. Um, what's the occasion? <clears throat> what's the occasion for us? You reckon? Yes, chant Hare Krishna. Go on Sankirtan. If you want to experience this this high, the higher taste, then chant Hare Krishna. That's what it is. And Sankatan's the best place for it. Okay. Does anybody have any comments or questions? Madhu Manjari? I was just trying to understand that Swena Tejasa part in the text and the, the context in the previous texts, because it's Jamaraj who is talking. It's, it's Jamaraj who is Yamaraj speaking. Who is talking? Is speaking, and mm. um, yep. And he said that that Swena Tejasa is the prowess of the living being, that means the soul, to accept and leave the body. Yes. That's and what it is. Because of that, the power of his knowledge, his spiritual knowledge. Mm. But I was trying to reflect upon that in the sense that leaving the body in general is imposed on us. Is? Imposed. So we are forced. Imposed on us, forced yeah. on us. 
even accepting a body is not yes but it doesn't need to be yeah so that's for, in, that's the power in that the sense i wasn't trying to understand in what context suenatejasa would be applied it's just for those selected few souls who has knowledge because mm. when you have realized knowledge then mm. you will be able to act yes. even act even determine the time when you leave the body is your prowess but in our cases, in my case personally, I consider it's more like a leave my body is something that is forced on me. Yeah, yeah good point. Um, well, the, that potency um, or that, yeah, that, that, sh that power, if misused, will bring about suffering, right? But... Um, um, if one gets the opportunity to associate with um, learned, you know, people who are learned and understand their spiritual identity then the changing of bodies can be influenced, and it always is influenced by what we do, right? This is knowledge or learning. And so <coughs> it's a fact. Everybody has to die. And so in that sense, by the laws of material nature, we're forced, right? But the nature of our departure and the destination that we go to can be influenced by what we do, right? And that's the that's the potency that we're in, that we're given. We don't we don't have to be forced to take birth again as an animal or as a human being, even. Right? But we can we can we can by the by the the endowment of that shakti or that tejas, right? we can influence the outcomes, right? That makes sense? So we, 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 we and, and Prabhupada mentions that, that a devotee basically knows where he's come from and where he's going, right? As we make spiritual advancement and progress, then we should know, we should have an idea. Generally, you know, we, you may not know what address you lived in your previous lifetime, right? But you can get an idea of who you must have been in your previous lifetime by what you're doing now, right? So what are you doing now? Because of that uh, knowledge, that by, I guess, Krishna's arrangements, costless mercy, devotees, somehow know that I'm engaged in devotional service, and for that would influence that aspect. Yeah, that means you must have been doing it in your previous lifetime. Yeah. And, and May not have perfected it, but some little thing, or even a greater thing. Yeah. Right? If you allow me another question, I was just also trying to understand that point in the sense that in that process of accepting and leaving the body, mm. uh, 
it's not just the power or the prowess of the living entity to be able to do it, but also other factors. And the main factor is Krishna's energy, the laws of nature. Mm. So I wonder if we should understand this context of Suenatejasa, Krishna's giving us the power to do that, of but course. at the same time interacting of those old forces. It's yes. not just the Suenatejasa. Yep. That's why Prabhupada quotes the verse, Matasmiti Jnanam Apoanam Cha. And that's Krishna saying, from me comes Savasya Chaham Riddhi Sani Vishto. I'm situated within everybody's heart, Riddhi, right? As a super soul. Matasmiti Jnanam Apoanam Cha. From me come remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness. And other things as well, not only those items, right? So. Yes, it, it's, it's coming, that potency or that power ultimately is coming from Krishna. And if you want to forget Krishna, sure, no problem. He'll arrange that for you as well. That's a shock when we realise, hang on a second, I thought I wanted to be a devotee, but how come I'm still attached to being an animal? Right? Because of conditioning. Right? And why we... Ah, oh boy. It's not even nine o'clock and I'm getting all these phone calls. Just excuse me. Oh. oh, I know who that is. Ooh, okay. Somebody coming to my place to check out our gas. I better go. Gas safety check. Although Ginger Ripper's at home. Hmm. Anyway, anything else? Sibya. Hi, Krishna Prabhuji. Thank you for the nice class. Um, you were talking about the free will and the free will that Lord Krishna gives us, and He never interferes in between that. Mm. Um, I would like to ask: When we're doing some bad activities, how can we say if it's our free will or? if we're doing it because of our previous life's karma. Because I've heard in lectures that whatever we're doing in, we're, whatever we're doing now is from our previous life karma. So how can we like differentiate? How can we what? How can we say what we're doing now is from our past life or from our free will? Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. In relationship to free will. Hmm. Okay. Well, um, we are influenced by our past activities to perform activities in this lifetime, right? But we can know from hearing from the spiritual master, from hearing from the shastra, even from experience, that if we do those things, they'll cause us trouble, right? But we're pushed to do it. But the Shastra says, don't do it, right? Don't do it. Just like, have you ever climbed up a very, or gone up a very big building? Never, right? You know, sometimes you climb up a big building and then you get the urge to jump. Have you experienced that? Yeah. Yeah. Go to the top of a big building and think, jump. Mind's crazy. Right? But what does the intelligence say? Hang on a second, better think about this. 
whoa, take it easy. Bright idea, but maybe not this time. <laughs> right? So we can check the impulses. And this is what Krishna mentions in the Bhagavad Gita. Why are we pushed at karma, isha, krodha, isha, raja, guna, samud, baba? Right? We're pushed sometimes by the mode of passion. <laughs> Maybe not sometimes, a lot of the time. And ignorance, right? Modes of material nature are working. So this is why the association of the devotees is important and why we give up bad association, asat sangatyag is a qualification of a Vaishnava, right? What is it? Vaishnava cha, activity. The activities of a Vaishnava are asatsangatya, give up the association of the, of bad, of, give up bad association. And bad association means those people who just follow the senses, the mind and the senses, and just do what they like, passionately and ignorantly. So Bhagavatam recommends Act in a mode of goodness. Control the mind and the senses. Focus on spiritual pursuit rather than just chasing the tongue, the belly and the genitals, right? So how do we know what's when we're being impelled by past karmas? Pretty much if we're chasing passion and ignorance, right? And... Um, if we're taking advantage of our good, you know, good association, then we're acting not necessarily on the mode of goodness, but on the platform of suddhasattva, which means, you know, practicing devotional service effectively, right? So, you know, when, when the alarm goes off at four o'clock, we jump out of bed, right? Jai, Haribo, Srila Prabhupada, Ki Jai. Instead of, oh no, what happened? Where am I? Why do I feel so bad? That's because actually the decisions are made the night before. You've got to go to bed early. But, but you know, Here's my, here's my experience at seven o'clock at night. Oh, I've only got another five things I can do before I can go to bed. <laughs> Better go to bed, wake up early, chant Hare Krishna, and do those extra things tomorrow. Is that all right? Thank you, Prabhupada. Okay, all right. Let's have some prashadam. Grantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Srila Prabhupada ki jai, Gaurabhakta Brinda ki jai.